you are listening to the next report with your hosts Thomas Holbrook, the second and Stephen Kelly. And welcome to, well, the newest episode of our nice little pleasant podcast. I'm Thomas Holbrook, the second. I'm Stephen Kelly. Uh, one, one of the things that we were going to do, kind of setting aside for a moment, because it, it's one of those things that happens all of a sudden, something shows up in front of your face because, you know, being on Facebook, you know, I'm everywhere on social networking, and a friend of mine liked a link, so I saw it. And how many of you go to conventions each year? I've been to a few. Uh, my co-host has even organized trips to conventions in the past. Yeah, we've gone to. Uh, <clears throat> I used to. We um, in college used to go down to an anime convention down in Dallas called um, Acon all the time. Not to be confused with the R&B singer. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> Project Acon being one of the oldest. And one of the one of the common themes at conventions, unfortunately, and it's not just with the whole, uh, it's not with just with the whole controversy regarding Tony Harris that happened like last year, but there there's a theme sometimes that happens, and unfortunately. It attracts all kinds of people. Yeah, the, the, one of the, the main situations you can always see at conventions is there's a lot of unattended teenagers and younger people there. Um, and, you know, it kind of, <clears throat> let's face it, you go to a lot of conventions and there are a, there's a lot of, you know, notorious promiscuous sex and stuff that people have behind closed doors. Usually it's just, you know, people at the convention, but sometimes you'll draw in another kind of creep. Or, and if they're not technically doing anything wrong, they're coming very close to it. Yeah. And it's, there's also the creepiness factor, as he's, as Steve's pointed out. Uh, one individual in particular, this, this popped up before me, it's like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> um, how many of you have heard of a convention called Dragon Con? Well, one of the co-founders of this convention that basically started for the purpose of being for profit, which I'm not disclaimer here. There's nothing wrong with that, but um, it, it tied in several um, genres of nerdum and geekdom and all the other fan convention, fan-ran conventions could not keep up with it, and so they went by the wayside. Well, Ed Kramer is one of the founders, co-founders of this event. He got together with a group of friends and decided to, you know, put this together. Well, there was a problem. Uh, in 2000, he was basically arrested for molesting two Nate teenage uh, brothers during sleepovers at his house in the summer. And it stemmed from a call to the Gwinnett Department of Family and Children's Services. He was 39 at the time, well-established in, in, 
celebrity in gaming and science fiction circles. And it's one of the biggest conventions of its kind in the country. So it's like Atlanta. Atlanta has... It, it's Atlanta, one of Atlanta's bigger conventions. Yeah, and it's actually like, aside from... Uh, <clears throat> you have like the really big conventions like San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, you know, that's the big one. That's like the, you know, the Oscars of comic conventions, basically. Whereas a Dragon Con is kind of seen as, like, the number two convention in the U.S. for the most part. Like, there's that, and you have, like, I think there's a, the Big Apple Comic Con and stuff, but for the most part, that one is definitely one of the bigger ones. And uh, for those that haven't heard of this man, um, Kramer is actually fairly well known as being a comic book editor. Uh, some of the, the stuff that he did was uh, uh, Sandman Book of Dreams by Neil Gaiman, uh, the Crow, the one that the the movie was based on. He also edited some uh, um, science fiction books like Free Space, Forbidden Acts. Um, yeah, Forbidden Acts, there you go. Um, <laughs> basically, he was a pretty well-known editor in the science fiction uh, you know, writing community and everything. And he made a pretty decent living on it, it sounds like, enough to start this, help start this convention. And... At the moment, it, it seems like it's one of those situations where it's just like, wow. Because this year, uh, this year, in fact, very, very recently on the 26th of April, uh, article on Robot 6 by Kevin Melrose uh, indicates that he was denied uh, bond judge denied bond because well the guy apparently went out of state <laughs> and it's just kind of one of those disturbing things according and also according to atlanta magazine uh danny porter was the actual prosecutor trying to trying to do this case and it it's been a big embarrassment to him because as it turns out Kramer owns a 30% stake in the company in question. Uh, DragonCon slash Ace, I believe, is the name of the company. And what would happen is he, Kramer gets a six-figure income off of this. That's just in dividends from, uh, you know, the, the profits from the convention alone. And that's um, basically allows him the attorneys and everything else and the the thing is one of the people that um, came to admire him initially before he formed this was an individual by the name of Richard Densmore and he was describing how his personality was magnetic and he was this was basically years and years ago. Back in the 80s, when I was still like a tiny little kid, there was Magnum Opus Con, Dixie Trek, Phoenix Con, Atlanta Comics Festival. And basically he used the... used uh, all those genres, combined them together, 
but Densmore was describing something very, very interesting. You know, when he'd you know stay over at his house, he would be right next to his bed and saying something along the lines of, "I need to practice." And would get weird for a minute, and then he'd say, oh, well, I guess I need have to work on it, go back to bed. It was just kind of weird. And you start seeing this pattern of boys following this guy around at conventions. Yeah, and this isn't just one count of <clears throat> child molestation that he's facing. Um, from 2006 to today, Dinsmore actually has six counts of child molestation that he's actively dodging no not densmore kramer or kramer sorry yeah <laughs> no no D- densmore sorry was, sorry <laughs> yeah densmore was the person describing yeah 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 <laughs> but kramer has six counts of child molestation uh in the queue here where the the problem the reason you might be asking is you know why um for 13 years has he been able to dodge this and that's because of the money that he gets like we're talking about he has these lawyers, and they're basically just wasting everyone's time. If you look up Ed Kramer on the internet, you'll probably end up finding this picture that I assume might be his mugshot. I don't know for sure. Um, it's attributed to the the Gwinnett County Jail, so I would imagine that is. And he's in a neck brace and has a respirator on and everything. Um, so he has some medical issues. The problem is, is the medical issues seemingly come into play at incredibly convenient times, like how, for instance, he uh, was Georgia was going to extradite him um, to face trial not too long ago, and he was able to fight the extradition order because he was deemed physically incapable to withstand trial. And that was about the same time he quit his job at Dragon Con, and um, you know, ended up just kind of laying low for a while. So. I don't want to pass judgment on this guy, but if you're constantly being caught in hotel rooms with 14-year-old boys and you look like a Sasquatch <laughs> and you uh, are continuously, you know, coming up with these fake medical situations, well, these medical situations happen conveniently when you're about to, you know, face trial, suspicion sort of builds up a slight bit. And it's just, oh my goodness! And and the other people, there's been called for boycotts against Dragon Con, and the rest of the people who are basically have their stake in this company, they're caught between a rock and a hard place because they've tried to buy his share and he would find a way to legally outmaneuver them because they, they would try to withhold his dividends and everything else and try to distance themselves from him to the best of their ability, but they can't do that either because he would sue them. Here's an official statement here from the other organizers that they ended up releasing to kind of, get them, not really get them off the hook, but to kind of say, because there was a perceived, uh, like, people, a lot of fans thought that they were turning a blind eye to him, and they really aren't. Their hands are tied. And uh, they re- they did a uh, 
a uh, couple little reports here. Um, one of them was, unfortunately, Edward Kramer's response to our buyout efforts was repeated litigation against DragonCon. Thus, our buyout efforts have been stalled. The idea proposed of dissolving the company and reincorporating has been thoroughly investigated and is not possible at this point. Legally, we can't just take away his shares. We are unfortunately limited in our options and responses as we remain inactive in litigation. The state, <clears throat> then the statement further goes on. They they issued some more uh, stuff on their Facebook and everything, and it just sounds like they're kind of they're kind of screwed a little bit for the most part. Um, pretty much. Um, it's just. Uh, it's incredible, um, and this, and basically, what gets me about this is that this guy would do everything he could to leave the house from house arrest to attend certain Orthodox Jewish worship services. Okay, first of all. This is, this is why, this is part of the reason why I kept looking into this further, too, is because individuals such as Kramer are the reason, is one of the very reasons why anti-Semitism still exists today, is because he's, the actions he's performing is giving uh, Judaism a very bad name. Oh, yeah, because you can see people that have latched on to this and are trying to use it as some kind of political ploy, almost. Pretty much. And there was even a judge that recused themselves because of charges of anti-Semitism, and they were raised Jewish, and that's how messed up the whole thing was. And I'm just like... And you talk about the convenience of it all... Um, I'm going to be quoting a few paragraphs here from the Atlanta Magazine. In late 2003, Kramer was rear-ended while stopped at a train crossing. Two years later, he sued the driver, claiming the impact had resulted in pressure on his spinal cord that made breathing difficult and physical exertion unbearably painful. The lawsuit added that 16 months after the accident, Kramer was being followed by no fewer than 16 physicians and taken at least 53 medications. They included Areva and Celebrex for arthritis, Hydrocodone for pain, Lexapro for depression, Lipitor for cholesterol, Metformin for diabetes. Okay, I'm not going to tell Oh, wait. Actually, I better do that because however the hell you pronounce this for psoriasis, Oxosorolin Ultra for psoriasis, Provigil for narcolepsy, Singular for asthma, top max for seizures, and Zyrtec for allergies, as well as various inhalers, respirators, therapeutic cushions, and hearing aids. Okay, this is sounding very fantastic to me. Um, in public, Kramer leaned heavily on a cane or road mobility scooter. Much of his face was often covered with a ventilator mask to help him breathe. Yet court records suggest even Kramer was confused about how he'd gotten so injured. <laughs> in an unsuccessful personal injury lawsuit against the county jail, he downplayed the 2003 car incident, accident, but in his suit against the driver, later settled for an undisclosed sum. He claimed that the earlier attack by a jailhouse deputy had resulted in minor injuries, quote-unquote. 
Even so, in 2005, Kramer succeeded in being declared ineligible or eligible, excuse me, for social security disability with federal judge Dan McDonald retroactively granting him benefits going back to 2000. Oh my God. <laughs> and his criminal trial was put on hold again for several months in 2006 while he traveled to Israel for 10 days in a failed effort to emigrate. Porter says he agreed to the scheme after consulting with Kramer's three accusers who then wanted to put the case behind them. In late 2006, six years after first being indicted, Kramer attempted to get his criminal charges dismissed by suing Porter's office for dragging its heels and prosecuting him. Kramer accused Porter in court arguments of attempting to banish him, even though Porter says the proposed move to Israel had been Kramer's own idea. An appeals court, however, concluded that the majority of delays in the criminal case had been caused by the defendant. The record strongly indicates that Kramer sought or knowingly acquiesced in the delay and that he did not want a speedy trial. So, I'm seeing a big picture of he's seeing this all as a big game that he's playing. When you can tell just from that that it sounds like he's kind of taking advantage of, uh, like, the government slightly because like i have a i have an article here on a uh, website called file770.com about him and i guess that um in one year uh, when he was he spent a little bit of time in the gwinnett county uh, jail to uh face his trial that he eventually was uh deemed uh it was deemed that to sit through this trial would endanger his life by his lawyer quote unquote um the county paid $23,000 for his medical bills that year. That is $23,000 for one dude, yet he has the apparently the able body enough to get on a plane and try to escape from law, basically. <laughs> um, right, and right now, as it stands, uh, the, the people running it, and I'm placing a big emphasis on it, people running Dragon Con... There's not a whole lot they can do about it. Um, he basically, Atlanta Magazines um, describes him as casting an ominous shadow over the event. And current Dragon Con leaders have tried to do something about it. They began severing its ties to him by purging his name from the website and forbidding on site collections for his legal fund. And. Kramer filed suit in 2009, filed first of two against a guy named Henry and Dragon Con Ace Incorporated. And he essentially accused them of looting the company by spending con funds on junkets to Las Vegas, giving himself a healthy but unspecified salary as CEO and putting his wife and daughters on the payroll. Wow basically accusing them of a bunch of stuff, and basically he's accusing this guy of underreporting attendance figures and shortchanging him on dividends. Kramer, Henry tried to buy Kramer out, offering as much as 500000 Kramer refused. Without seeing a balance sheet, Henry tried to just withhold his dividend until he threatened legal action. One thing I want to point out, this kind of gets me with uh, with this whole thing, is, and I don't know if this is down to the fact that he's slightly famous and like around that kind of area, but 
if you if if you had a child and you know they were around that age, like a young teenager, um, wouldn't you step in and it, like let's say if he came home and's like, hey, here's my new friend Ed, and he's a fifty year old man with a giant beard, um, and I'm not being discriminatory against beards or anything. I have one, but you know what I'm saying. You know, this guy, if you, like I said, you see the picture of this guy, he looks like the, the Unabomber or something. Um, you, you, you almost wonder if the parents are kind of just turning a blind eye to this almost. Cause with, especially with six counts under his belt, his most recent time that he was busted, they, uh, someone went to his hotel room and lo and behold, he was hanging out with a 14 year old kid that ended up violating uh, his bail because he basically was told, because of how much of a risk he was deemed by the judge, uh, hey, don't be around little kids anymore, man. And, you know, he seemingly has a, a little bit of an issue with that and was caught. And it's just kind of like, it reminds me of when the whole Michael Jackson fiasco was going on. It seemed like there was all these parents that would, you know, seemingly let their kids like, oh yeah, you can go hang out with the creepy guy with the Ferris wheel in his backyard. He has a pet monkey. That guy's normal. Go hang out. That's kind of the same thing <laughs> with this dude. You know, because the picture we're getting of him is that he's, you know, just kind of like the 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 article in the Atlantic talks about how they were at like a a camp of some kind, and it was like a boys' camp, and he was there filming a scene for a low budget movie, carrying around a video camera. Um, kind of breathing to himself and recording stuff that shouldn't have been having anything to do with the movie, like, uh, you know, the the kids walking. And then he was also caught trying to help uh, remove makeup from a, a young boy. And the makeup artist had to step in and say, dude, get out of here. What are you doing? And he was like, I'll rub his chest. And it's just kind of like, whoa, <laughs> you know, people need to kind of stand up and take charge of this whole situation a little better because all, all it's done is it's allowed this guy to be a predator now for so long. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of recently in the UK, they've had a, um, a lot of problem with the television presenter over there. Um, that he basically was, uh, caught doing, uh, I mean, his was on an unprecedented scale. His was, uh, um, Basically, this this guy he used to host uh, Top of the Pops and stuff like that, and I'm trying to find his name real quick because I have forgotten it. <laughs> and well, while you're searching for that, <laughs> it's important to note that while one of the founders tried to buy out Kramer's stake, Kramer's like, "Show me a balance sheet." Well, there's a problem with that too, and Atlanta magazine tried to contact this guy too and he just hung up he just hung up the phone contacted for comment didn't return subsequent messages okay the guy that i was talking about was uh, jimmy saville ah uh, and he was uh, basically he would go to hospitals for children that have like autism and stuff and apparently rape people there and the the bbc at the time it's not that they really turned a blind eye to it, but he was so famous for hosting tons of shows that they just kind of let it happen. And it got to the point where if you look him up now on YouTube, you can find picture or videos of him where he very obviously, like there's a, there's a famous, there's a video that uh, became part of the trial where he's sitting there and top of the pops would have like, you know, people sitting up on stage along with him. There's this girl next to him. He obviously grabs her, you know, hind area 
And she gets up and walks off, and he's like, <laughs> and you're just like, okay, that's on camera. You know, you caught this guy. But anyway, that's kind of derailing this a bit. But I, I honestly think that there, in these kind of cases, people are naive to you know these these people's intentions sometimes. And and the thing is, Kramer is using these legal tactics and everything else. And my question is, okay. You're wanting to see a balance sheet, yet none was shown to the public even under your watch. So why is it a problem now? And keeping in mind, I have a feeling um, the company behind DragonCon is a private company anyhow. So they really, I could be incorrect here, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't believe they have to really show much of Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I don't think they're on the stock exchange. Usually, that's there'd be really no benefit for them to be like that. No, they're they're a privately held company, so technically they really don't have to. Um, they don't have to show any figures, really. Oh yeah, they can keep. It's pretty much just the shareholders involved are the only ones that are ever going to know any of that information. And and basically, at some point. At some point, somebody's probably going to come along and sit and look at the man and say, um, listen, you're not getting any younger. He's in his 50s now. It's like, you're not going to get any younger. You're only going to continue tarnishing your own reputation and legacy. Get this over with. You know that uh, another thing that I kind of saw here is similar to how the fact the county was paying so much money for his medical bills. Do you know that uh, another tactic he used in order to kind of waste time was he filed 214 requests and grievances on Gwinnett County, basically causing all these little small hearings and trials to happen, like just to kind of waste time, more or less. A lot of it was uh, because of his issues. Um, they're talking about this article. This is the, the one that's on file 770 again. He... Uh, for instance, he, he suddenly, despite, you know, and granted he is of, you know, Jewish faith like we established, but for instance, he started throwing a fit because he refused to sign any paperwork on the Sabbath. And, you know, he, he uh, would yell, right after sunset, I'll be glad to sign anything you need me to, but not today. And, you know, other reasons like he would come up with holidays and such. And, it makes you wonder if he's really that devout or if this is just another ruse. And, and the thing is, people have called for boycotting this event. The rest of the people running it are caught between a rock and a hard place at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if they had certain issues and they were being blackmailed at this point to, a, to an extent. Um, but basically, if you follow the money, if people find a way to basically kind of cut him off at the pass at this point, if they one year decided, okay, we are not having Dragon Con this year, basically, we need... or coming up with some reason we need to reorganize, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. It makes you wonder why they don't just, uh, 
I'm not sure the legal situations aside, but it kind of makes you wonder if they couldn't just end Dragon Con and like start a new convention with the same, you know, the same premise basically. And that way, he they, they then again, if he has thirty percent share, it's just it's just messed up. I don't know because he doesn't own a majority stake in the company, but um, but that just goes to show. These type of things kind of ruins fun things for a lot of people. Yeah, and everybody, you know, their their fun vacation now has this looming shadow of, hey, this is sponsored by a pedophile. Even if he's not technically involved anymore. But um, anyway, follow the show notes at thenextreport.com. Um, we are on Twitter. Hell, we're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um. Steve's website is a an American view of British science fiction.com. So check his blog out. And as always, entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself. We will see you next time. On see ya. See ya. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Next Report with your hosts Thomas Holbrook the Second and Stephen Kelly. Our intro music is from J.T. Bruce. It's called Plunge into Hyperreality, and it's from the album Dreamer's Paradox, available for free at jamendo.com. Any news clips used are utilized under fair use, and please feel free to visit us at thenextreport.com, where you can leave feedback and see show notes.